Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. It is Amanda Grace here with you tonight. Praise God, we are live. Cyrus is actually with me. Um, he's sleeping over uh, this direction right now. You can actually see a little bit of his fur right on the end of the screen. So Cyrus is in here with me. I am drinking tea because basically my voice is struggling slightly. So just pray for my voice because we have a lot to get through tonight. Hello to everybody jumping on in the United States and around the world. So happy to have you here. Oh my goodness. I see people from Costa Rica um, that they love Cyrus, uh, Connecticut. <clears throat> Hello to our neighbors in Connecticut, Texas, uh, Oregon. So I'm uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, that's where we're going this week. And we'll get into that in a moment. So let me open up in prayer uh, as I welcome our moderators and our Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. And the dogs are barking, so that might mean that Gus is arriving. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, let's open up in prayer. And then we're going to get into tonight. This is urgent. We have a lot to cover. Okay. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, we come before you. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord, do your precious, holy, perfect name. We humble ourselves before you this day, asking you to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He willingly came to the earth to die at Calvary, the Passover lamb. He purchased us by the shedding of his blood. Father, and when he said it is finished, an open show and spectacle was made of the enemy before all of creation. We praise you, Lord. Jesus Christ rose again in three days. And after appearing to many, ascended back into heaven, took his victorious rightful place at the right hand of the Father, where he rules and reigns forevermore and is our advocate before your throne. And we honor that before you this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we welcome your presence, the presence of Ruach Elohim, the spirit of the living God, and the presence of Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, to descend on this place, Lord, that the weight of your glory would fall, the power of your presence would move, that you would order our steps. Lord, lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, my power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority now come forth. In Jesus' name, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, every plot, scheme, contract, assignment, weaponry, blueprint, attack, strategy, that the enemy, satanic agents, dark forces, unclean spirits, willing hosts, and the like, we command in the name of Jesus Christ, be broken, canceled, aborted, destroyed, dismantled, di disabled, thwarted, disrupted, blocked, nullified, their communication lines disrupted and severed and blocked in the name of Jesus Christ and it bound and cast back to the dry places, pits and areas you have designated, Lord, to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent to this place. Father, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter. We are most certainly the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. We say, Hashivenu Adonai, come to us, Lord. We praise your name. You are high and lifted up, Father. We praise you that you rule from a throne of righteousness, Father God, and that when your children call on you, you answer them, Father God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, amen. I'm sorry. I'm having, fighting a bit of a hot flash right now, probably because I'm drinking this tea. But <laughs> so prayerfully, my voice gets better in Jesus' name. 
as we go forth. So a couple of announcements before we start, uh, because like I said, we have a lot to cover. Uh, God bless our team for getting it ready because there was a lot of information. So first, I told you tonight would be the big unveiling of our newest sanctuary member. We had to go to Pennsylvania on Friday to get him. We're going to play the video and then I'm going to explain to you about this precious little fella. Okay, everyone, meet Norbert. He's our newest member at Ark of Grace. We just arrived to get him from his foster, who he's had him for about five weeks now. And Norbert is a red-crowned Amazon parrot. He's about 28, 28 years old. And so he's going to go on a little road trip with us now back to New York. So, Norbert, welcome. Welcome, bud, to Ark of Grace. So, yes, we went on a trek to get Norbert. He was actually at Noah's Ark Rescue. Uh, they had been looking for a home for him. And uh, someone who works for us actually told us about Norbert that they had seen um, the rescue put out that they needed a permanent home for him. Uh, we are his third home. So Norbert's got a bit of a heartbreaking story. He was with his family for the first 20 plus years of his life. Um, he had a mate that died. We don't know why the family gave him up to the second owner who, after a couple of years, said she had no time for him and basically turned him over to the rescue. And so we are his third and final home. So we are very excited to welcome Norbert. He's absolutely adorable. Everyone was so excited waiting back at home, uh, our sanctuary staff to welcome him. And so, yep, Norbert is the newest member at Ark of Grace. He came with the name Norbert. So we're keeping that name. We happen to love it and we're going to keep it. Okay. So, and you'll be seeing more of Norbert as he warms up. I'll bring him in the office and we'll, we'll do things with Norbert. He's warming up right now, getting used to his new home. Um, and he's absolutely precious. Okay. Now, secondly, Tulsa revival. We're coming to Tulsa. New York is coming to Tulsa. November 10th and 11th, you can go to arcofgrace.org forward slash events to sign up. We are looking very forward to these two days. We are looking very forward to praying over many people, to ministering, uh, to preaching. So if you can come, please come. It's at the Thrive Time headquarters uh, uh, where Clay Clark does his broadcast out of. And so we're looking very forward to this. We're excited about it. And we hope to see many of you there. Okay. Now that we've gotten all of that done, let's get into everything going on in this urgent, um, urgent prophetic update and insight on Israel. So I have spoken with Doobie. Doobie uh, is a dear friend of the Clements. He was Kim Clements' guide in Israel many, many times. Uh, and so I've spoken with Doobie. And he has some updates for me to give to all of you. And so first off, he said, um, well, first I'm going to say this, pray for Doobie, pray for his family, for their safety, for provision, for protection, and for them to feel the presence of Adonai, Yeshua, and Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, during this time. And Doobie said, it's very tough. We have many troops inside the city of Gaza fighting hand-to-hand -hand battles and also fighting in tunnels. There are casualties and injuries, but very determined to protect our country. 
On the second day of our Golani silent wolves entry into Gaza, they were attacked from a very close distance by over 30 terrorists of Hamas that surrounded them using all kinds of anti-tank missiles, mortars, bombs, and AKs. But God gave them into the hands of our beautiful boys. They killed at least 20 terrorists and the um and the other 10. There's that number 10 again, which you're gonna you're gonna see why I'm saying this. The other 10 ran away. He also said this. In the last 10 days, the IDF has been moving forward into the very center of Gaza City. At this moment, our ground forces are fighting, firstly, against many terrorists who are trying to attack them from very close ranges. In most of these cases, the Israeli forces are able to kill the terrorists and destroy their outposts and bunkers. Many soldiers and commanders repeatedly ask the public to keep praying for their safety and swift victory. There are many evidences that people's faith in God grew up exponential numbers during this time. So all glory be to God for that. Praise the Lord. We want them to call on the name of Adonai and the name of Yeshua right now. The name of Yeshua. Hamashiach during this time. Jesus Christ. So just keep praying for them for that. I also want to uh, play for you a video that was sent to me by Doobie. This is going on in Las Vegas. This is going on in our nation right now. So we're going to play the real for you. Good from Las Vegas. This is not, not an easy day for the Jewish community in Las Vegas. Outside our neighborhood, deaf to Jews. And... Um, This is what our kids uh, see uh, before they go to school, deaf to Jews. That is what's going on in our nation. This persecuting spirit that has arisen and gone forth. This is the evidence of it that we're seeing right now in the middle of all of this. So please continue to pray. Also pray for the Christians that are caught in the middle of what's happening right now. Um, in Israel. There are Christians that are caught in the middle and just pray for the Lord to get them out of harm's way, to provide for them and to protect them in the middle of this. But that is horrific. That is the persecuting spirit. That is the spirit of Amalek. That is the same spirit that influenced, influenced Haman, that influenced Hitler attempting to rise up in this nation. And we're going to go over that. But first, we got to go through some uh, verses in Zechariah, because Zechariah, I was reading it, and I found fascinating because what's going on right now and what's being said in Zechariah. So in Zechariah 1, 1 through 6, it says, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, remember Darius had to do with, it was the king, the Mede, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they returned and said, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so he has dealt with us. Now, what's important about this is in the eighth month, in the eighth month, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. The eighth month on the Jewish calendar is October, which is when this attack happened. So that is a fascinating correlation. Um, also, uh, the fact that it was the second year of Darius, uh, I think is fascinating too, because Darius was the one who was head and was king when the government officials plotted against Daniel to throw him in the lion's den. And what happened with Trump, October was a very crucial time, the end of October for this. So I just find that fascinating, that correlation, because October 7th is when the attack happened uh, on Israel. And so uh, Zechariah 1, 7 through 9, we're going to continue. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month Shabbat, in the second year of Jarius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet. I saw by night and behold, a man riding on a red horse. And it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow and behind him were horses, red, sorrel and white. Then I said, my Lord, what are these? So the angel talked to me, said to me, I will show you what they are. Now, in the 24th month of uh, 24th day of the 11th month, that would be on our calendar, 1124, which is the day after Thanksgiving. Remember I told you November 28th, watch around that time. It could be two weeks before, a week before, a week after. This is the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yes, yeah, Cyrus is barking probably because Gus is here. So just keep that in mind. Also, Zechariah 1, 13 through 20. And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease for I was a little angry and they helped, but with evil intent. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I'm returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Again, proclaim, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my city shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? So he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them, to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. The craftsmen are coming to terrify them, 
to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. Verse six, up, up, flee from the land of the north, says the Lord. Remember, Lebanon is to the north. Lebanon is the land to the north of Israel, I believe. For I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up, Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. For surely I will shake my hand against them and they shall become spoil for their servants. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Now, Zechariah 2. You're going to understand why I'm going through all this first with you. And the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent or flesh before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. You know what that means? The definition of aroused? Awakened. Be silent or flesh before the Lord, for he has now been awakened from his holy habitation. Zechariah 5, 1 through 5. We're almost through all this. Again, I looked up and I saw a scroll flying in the air. And the angel said to me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits, which is 30 feet. And its width is 10 cubits, which is 15 feet. 30 plus 15, by the way, equals 45. I find that interesting. Then he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals will be cut off according to the writing on one side. And everyone who swears shall be cut off according to the writing on the other side. I will send the curse out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely, who is a malicious witness, who is, according to the word of God, a Hamas by my name, and it will spend the night in that house and consume it, both its timber and its stones. Now, what I find interesting about this too, it says a scroll which has the judgment written on it, which is therefore executed. So there's a scroll. And the Lord, when I've given words, many times has said there is a scroll that is going into the earth. This is, this is the biblical precedent for that. Zechariah 5, a scroll which has the judgment written on it, which is therefore executed now to be sent for Israel, to be sent to the United States of America, and to be sent to other key points on the earth. Zechariah 6, 1 through 8. Now, again, I looked up and four chariots were coming out from between two mountains. And the mountains were mountains of bronze which they're saying represents divine judgment in the Amplified Version. The first chariot had red horses, which represents war and bloodshed. The second chariot had black horses, which represents famine and death. The third chariot had white horses, which represents victory. And the fourth chariot had strong dappled horses, which is death through judgment. Why? Because it's, it's white. It's white, a dappled horse. I'm going to show you in a minute is a white and black mixed together that makes a mottled sort of gray. Then I said to the angel who was speaking with me, what are these, my Lord? The angel answered me, these are the four spirits of the heavens which go out after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth with the chariot, with the black horses going toward the north country, 
Now, listen, this is important. Then the one with the white horses follows after them because there are two northern powers to overcome. And the chariot with the dappled horse goes towards the south, which is death through judgment. Goes toward the south country. Verse 7. When the strong horses went out, they were eager to patrol the earth. And the Lord said, go patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth, watching and protecting it, it says in parentheses. Then he called out to me and said to me, see those who are going to the north country have quieted my spirit of wrath in the north, but not in the south, because the south was the dappled horse, which was death through judgment. Gaza is in the south. Lebanon in those areas, right, are more towards the north. Now, I'm going to show you, first I'm going to show you what a red horse looks like. Okay, when a horse is really as this red, so this is the red horse, right? This is kind of what a red horse looks like that's got that really deep, beautiful, reddish mane. And next, a dappled horse, which I absolutely, I would love a dappled horse. I just think they're beautiful. But you see how the white and the black are intermixed? So, you know, there is a victory because there's death through judgment. So that is what a dappled horse looks like. And I just wanted to show you to give you a visual because when you're reading these scriptures, it helps you when you have a visual to understand what Zechariah is talking about. Okay, so there's two powers to overcome in the north and one in the south. This patrolling is happening right now. The Lord is sending out watchers to watch and collect in various parts of the world. He is sending out his army to deliver what is on these scrolls, to deliver the judgment, to deliver the victory, right? To, to, to go after the enemies of God. This is happening as we are watching it real time. Now, Psalm 34 verses 15 through 22 the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ear are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their distress and troubles. The Lord is near to the heartbroken and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues him from them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil will cause the death of the wicked. And the earth was filled with violence, right? The earth was filled with evil. The earth was filled with Hamas. But evil will cause the death of the wicked. And those who ate the righteous will be held guilty and be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. That is Psalm 34, verses 15 through 22. And that is for the people of Israel right now to hold on to, to speak, to speak forth openly, to speak forth with conviction and faith right now. Okay, so now, why am I reading all of this to you? Because we're, we're going to get into the second part of this now, but I wanted to show you some scripture that lines up with much of what we see happening. Uh, and so I just wanted to show you that at first. Now, now we're going to go to another book of the Bible, which is Esther. Okay, so we're going to spend a little bit of a moment in Esther for a minute. Haman and Hamas are separated by one letter. Haman is spelled H-A-M-A-N. 
Hamas or Hamas is spelled H-A-M-A-S. They're separated by one letter. Haman's name in Hebrew means tumult. Hamas in the Bible means violence or a malicious witness. Like in Genesis chapter six, the earth was filled with violence. The earth was filled with Hamas. Haman was positioning not only himself, but his children. This is important to continue to enforce such a decree of death and destruction to the Jews. If we remember the book of Esther, Haman manipulates the king into putting out a decree to basically exterminate the Jewish people. Why? Because that spirit of Amalek was rising up. It rises up at appointed times in the earth. And so this was one of those times. Now I'm going to read to you the names of Haman's 10 sons, some of the names of the 10 sons and what they mean. Dalphin, which means crafty. Parshendatha, an interpreter of the law, not an upholder of the law, one that interprets the law, like what corrupt judges do. They interpret the law to suit their liking. They don't uphold the law. Parmashta, which means superior. Vizatha, which means corrupt. Aridatha, which means lion's law. Adalia, which means God is my refuge. And Aspatha, which means storeroom. Hi, Cyrus. Hello. Okay, you want to say hi to everybody real quick? Real quick. Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah, say hello to everybody that you love them and that you love Norbert. Okay. Okay, go lay down, honey. He'll lay down while we're doing this. So if you take all the names, right, that I just read to you and you put them in a sentence, this is what you get. Because Haman was crafty and wanted to interpret the law for he thought he was superior. He was corrupt. The lion's law, God is my refuge and storeroom, delivered the Jews. So if you take these names of these sons and put them in order in a sentence. This is what you get. Now I'll give you, I'll give you a few other um, interesting uh, interpretations here. If we look at this on the flip side, if we look at this on the flip side of I believe the Persian meaning of these names. I believe this is the Persian meaning of them. But if you look at this again, you have Dalphin, which means weeper. Parshendatha, which means given by prayer. Parmashta, a person who is very knowledgeable or superior. Aradai, my freedom. Vizatha, given of the best one. Aradatha, to flee or be free. Paratha, given by fate. And Aspatha, which means horse. Now, if you take all of that and put it together, you get weeping and given by prayer. Haman thought himself knowledgeable and superior. Esther asked for her freedom to be given of the best one, which was King Ahasuerus, for her people to be free, which was given by fate or God's hand when Mordecai was placed atop the king's horse. So if you interpret it even on the Persian side, you still get the account of the book of Esther. If you interpret it on the Hebrew side, you get the account of the book of Esther. Now that I find fascinating and I find amazing because the names of Haman's 10 sons built in that was exactly what was going to happen. Now, 
In many ways, this is going to be a Purim war. In many ways, it's going to be a Purim war, what's going on. Jordan Peterson said something that I thought was, was great. He said, the nation of Israel is sort of the canary in the coal mine. They show the first signs of trouble with major turbulence happening in the world. We have to look at Israel. Israel is our time clock. And that is true. And look up what the canary in the coal mine means, because basically miners would take a canary down with them. And if the canary died, it was a sign to them to get out of the coal mine because carbon monoxide was present. And so basically when things be bubble with Israel, that is our time clock. That in a way is the canary in the coal mine. That's the warning of eruptions in the rest of the world. And we have to have that biblical perspective as believers in this, because Israel is the time clock. Israel is the warning. The percolating going on in Israel, we have to look at our nation then for that percolating to happen. Now, if we take Haman and we move to another host that the spirit of Amalek used, it was Hitler. Now, Hitler tried to rename, in a way, the people of Iran. So I'm going to tell you how this happened, because there is Germany and Iran are connected by a vein in the spirit. Watch what Germany does in this hour. It is going to be crucial to not only the alliances that are made in Europe, but the alliances that European nations make with Middle Eastern nations. Watch what Germany does in the middle of this. This is crucial because that spirit of Amalek after Hitler was destroyed, wandered to find another host, but it's circling back around for a trifecta in the middle of this. So pray and watch. Now, in 1936, Hitler's government tried to classify Iranian Jews as Semites and thus subhumans. That's what anti-Semite. Iran protested and argued that as far as Iranian Jews were concerned, Judaism was a religion, not a racial category, and that Iranian Jews should be regarded as Aryans, A-R-Y-A-N-S. Iranians insisted that Cyrus the Great had liberated the Jews from bondage in Babylon 25 centuries earlier, and that Iranian Jews had been Iranian long enough not to be divested of their identity. Hitler set up a committee to arbitrate. The committee recommended that Iranian Jews be exempt from Nazi racial profiling, and Hitler agreed. This was the reality of the situation under Reza Shah, who abolished many of the last remaining restrictions against Jews and other religious minorities, a process that had started 50 years earlier under Nasruddin Shah. So this was a 50-year process in Iran. There's that number 50 again back in the 30s and 40s to abolish the remaining restrictions against Jews. Okay? Isn't that interesting? Right? And then 50 years after the Yom Kippur War, who attacks through proxies but Iran. Like many terms and symbols used and abused by the Nazis, the term Aryan 
or Araya, has a distinct history that goes back centuries. The term was an ethnic self-designation used by various peoples in ancient India and Iran. It thus appears in sacred texts of Hinduism, Zoroastrianism that go as far back as the second millennium BCE, as well inscriptions of antiquity. A a notable example of the latter is an inscription found at the burial site of Dariush the Great, an ancient monarch ruling over Iran who died in 486 BC. I think that was Darius. I think that was King Darius. Giving something of a biography of himself, Darius tells the posterity that he is an Aryan or of Aryan lineage. During the 1920s and 30s, the Nazis made a version of this belief in an Aryan race. So they're taking the term from Iran and calling their race the Aryan race, central to their ideology. In this manifesto, Mein Kampf, Nazi leader Adolf Hitler called Aryans a culture-bearing race and claimed that they had come from Northern Europe and had founded civilizations around the world, but had disappeared because of mixing with others. The Nazis heavily promoted the Aryan myth as part of their propaganda that asserted ancient roots for the German people and a supposed return to stolen glory. Remember that word, stolen glory. Hitler and other German Nazis made it clear that the modern Iranians were not considered to be pure Aryans. Speaking on Iranians, Hitler would later falsely assert Nations which did not rid themselves of Jews perished. One of the most famous examples of this was the downfall of the people who were once so proud, the Persians. So Hitler is equating the downfall of the Persians because of the Jews. Why is Hitler making this correlation? Does it possibly go back also to Haman and the fact that Haman and his 10 sons were destroyed and Israel had victory in Persia from being annihilated. Maybe that is a part of it. So this all connects in the spirit by a vein. The government of Iran at the time had extensive relations with Germany. We're circling back now. Things are coming full circle. That's why I'm saying watch Germany which predated the Nazi rise to power. Jennifer Jenkins, a historian at the University of Toronto and a leading authority on the history of Iranian-German relations in the interwar and World War II period, has argued that the basis of these relations was economic, not racial, ideological. However, when you take a closer look at it, it was spiritual between rulers of the darkness and spirits from the lines of Amalek that caused that interconnection with the two of them. Motadel says the common belief that Nazi Germany enjoyed an outstanding reputation in Iran and kept strong relations with the Pahlavi government is hardly accurate and points to the fact that many in the Iranian cabinet had pro-allied tendencies. This was the case even before 1941 when the Anglo-Soviet invasion overthrew the Reza Shah's government. When the Anglo- Soviet invasion. Remember that too. Overthrew the Reza Shah's government and replaced him as monarch with his son. Still in aiming their propaganda at Iran, the Nazis were careful to use Aryan themes. 
Erwin Edel, a German ambassador to Iran from 1939 to 1941, emphasized the use of such themes in his general guidelines for propaganda to Iran. While he also insisted that Germany's battle against world Judaism should also be directed against the Jews in Iran who want to force the Aryan-Iranian people under their yoke. Who talked like this but Haman? Oh, the Jews don't listen to you. They don't serve you. They're trying to force you to do what they want to do. This is the same spirit talking through a different host. This is that spirit of Amalek. This is that propaganda that Haman spewed so far prior to this that now Nazi Germany was using to try to once again go after Jews in Iran as well because of a stolen glory. Now we're going to get into that in a moment. Till the Iranian government protested as did the government of Iraq and Egypt. Tehran's ambassador to Turkey contacted the German legislation in Ankara and threatened diplomatic escalation while the Iranian ambassador complained at the foreign office in Berlin. In response, Walter Gross, head of the German Office of Racial Policy, declared that, quote, the envoy can on no account, however, expect that the Iranians lock, stock and barrel be declared as Aryans. He suggested for the issue to be settled in a verbal conversation with the Iranian ambassador. When they met the week after, the Iranian ambassador insisted to gross that Iranians were not only a kindred people, but ancestors of the Aryan race. But as Motadel explains, gross was unimpressed and Iranians were not to be officially classified as Aryans by the Nazi regime. So they were trying to, in a way, move themselves in with Germany, in a way. All Gross did was affirm that the Nuremberg laws, there's Nuremberg, wouldn't apply to marriages between non-Jewish Iranians and Germans, which was a moot point since these laws didn't apply to non-Jewish foreign citizens anyway. The same guarantee was given to Egyptians and Iraqi governments. Now, I'm also going to point something else out to you that was going on during this time. The molotov Ribbentrop Pact. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may not have heard of it, which is officially the Treaty of Non-Aggression between Germany and the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, Soviet Union, was a non-aggression pact between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union with a secret protocol that partitioned Central and Eastern Europe between them. The The pact was signed in Moscow on the 23rd of August. 1939 by German Foreign Minister Joachim von Ribbentrop and Soviet Foreign Minister Yayaslav Molotov. Unofficially, it has also been referred to as the Hitler-Stalin Pact, Nazi-Soviet Pact, or Nazi-Soviet Alliance. The pact was terminated on the 22nd of June, 1941. When Germany launched Operation Barbarossa and invaded the Soviet Union in pursuit of the ideological goal of Lebensraum, the Anglo-Soviet agreement succeeded it. After the war, Ribbentrop was convicted of war crimes at the Nuremberg trials and executed. Molotov died in 1986. The Nuremberg trials is also where you had 10 Nazi officers that were hung like the 10 sons of Haman. Why? 
because that same spirit was judged in God's courts and their hosts received the penalties and the wage for what they did. This pact was terminated seven years before Israel became a nation. Seven. That number seven, the enemy, I think, salivates over it sometimes because when did the attack happen? From Hamas on to Israel? October 7th, right? And this particular pact that was made was terminated seven years before Israel became a nation. So when Russia or Germany goes to make a pact with a nation that hates the Jewish people and Israel, invasion is imminent. This is what we have to remember right now. When you see that going on, when you see Russia or Germany go to make a pact with a nation that hates the Jewish people in Israel, invasion is imminent. Why? Because Poland was invaded September 1st, 1939, very shortly after that pact was made between Germany and the Soviet Union. So the nation that hates the Jews, when the Soviet Union or Germany comes into alignment with that, invasion is imminent. That spirit, that ancient spirit talking through Hitler, talking about a stolen glory, that Lord Stalin in as well, I believe one of those references is to Haman and his 10 sons being executed and the Jewish nation being saved from extermination in the book of Esther. That divine reversal was indeed a stolen glory for that ancient spirit of Amalek that had risen up through Hitler and Nazi Germany. And they were trying to snatch back that what they perceived as a stolen glory, it wasn't a stolen glory. It was dealing with the butchers that wanted to annihilate the Jews. So it's the same spirit that utilized Haman to try and exterminate the Jews. It's the same spirit that attempted to destroy Daniel through the government officials. It's the same spirit we are dealing with with Hamas trying to destroy the nation of Israel and Hezbollah and Iran. It's the same spirit. Biblically, many times it always starts with plotting government officials. And this war in Israel is the same. Watch and see the scarlet thread that connects officials within government in Israel to the coordination of such an attack that is going to come out. And they are all going to be connected by a scarlet thread. That scarlet thread in Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute from annihilation. This scarlet thread is pointing at them for the annihilation that they help plot and sell their own people up the river because there are those in the government in Israel and the United States that are involved in this, that have made a pact with other nations. I'm not saying all the government in Israel. I'm not saying all the leadership. I'm saying there are those in there that infiltrated that now are going to be tied by a scarlet thread. However, there is a pattern on the flip side of this. In the book of Esther, Haman and his 10 sons were hung on the gallows. World War II, Nuremberg, 
11 Nazi officers were supposed to be hung. However, one committed suicide, I believe, the night before. So 10 Nazi officers were hung at Nuremberg like Haman's 10 sons were hung. Why? Because it's the same judgment against the same spirit manifesting in a different generation. So in this conflict with Hamas and with and, and, and this, this horrificness that has happened and, and the attack on Israel, look for that number either 10 ranking generals or 10 country leaders uh, or 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 10 um, generals of Hamas, something to that nature to be at the forefront of this or the war taking a certain amount of time, maybe 10 months, you know, 10 weeks, 10, whatever, but something to do with 10 coming to the forefront because it's going to be the same judgments coming down on the hosts of the same spirit, just in a different generation. Now, when we saw that video at the beginning in Las Vegas, that Doobie had sent me, where death to Jews was spray painted on a very heavy traffic area where much traffic could see this, okay, this horror. This is the trickle-down effect of this spirit. We as the people of God must stay aligned with Israel. We must. It's, it's a non-negotiable for God. He says, I will bless those who bless you, O Israel. I will curse those who curse you. He says, bless Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So if part of the church refuses to align with Israel, that goes on record in God's court. If the nation's leaders in the U.S. now refuse to align with Israel and are working against them, that goes on record in God's courts. The Haman spirit, the spirit of Amalek, rising in America, attempting right now to percolate up in the middle of this because these spirits are actively working to destroy two nations, both under covenant with the Lord and connected by a vein in the spirit. This is why you see what's happening in New York right now. This is why on 9-11 of this year, $6 billion was given to Iran along with prisoners. This, what did Haman tell the king? On 9-11, $6 billion was given to Iran by this administration that they then tried to freeze after this happened. In Esther 3, chapter 1, it states, After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and established his authority over all the officials who were with him. Now, we're going to get to part two in a moment about, about the amount of money. But, Son of Hamadatha, which in Hebrew means he that troubles the law. Who is the law? Almighty God. So the son of Hamadatha is he that troubles the law. Haman in Hebrew means tumult. Okay. So Hamadatha means he that troubles the law. Haman means tumult. Definition of tumult is confusion or disorder. So from this line, the meaning is he that troubles the law through tumult or by birthing tumult through disorder. That's what it means, the line, meaning Hamadatha who birthed Haman. That is what it translates to. Who after the flood 
in the book of Genesis caused it to molten disorder? Ham. Genesis 9, 20 through 25. And Noah began to farm and cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk. In Italian slang, the term is shangad. If you would like to know, that's what it means. And he was uncovered and lay exposed inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. So Shem and Japheth took a robe, put it on both their shoulders and walked backwards to cover the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, so they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew that his younger son, Ham, had done this to him. So he said, cursed be Canaan, the son of Ham, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. And we all know what happened to the Canaanites because they were the ones inhabiting the land that the Lord had made a covenant through Abraham to give the Jews. So keeping this in mind, Ham, right? Causing tumult from the beginning, Ham, Haman, Ham, Hamadatha, Ham, Hamas, causing a tumult violence, a malicious witness. Okay. Esther chapter three, verses seven through 11. Now we're going to go back in the first month, the month of Nisan, which is March through April in the 12th year of King Ahasuerus, Haman cast per that is the lot cast before him day after day, month after month until the 12th month, the month of Adar, which is February to March. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all the other people, and they do not observe the king's laws. Therefore, it is not in the king's interest to let them stay here. If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed, and we'll pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry out the king's business. We'll pay six billion into the hands of those who carry out the king's business to put into the king's treasuries. Then the king removed his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. The king said to Haman, the silver is given to you and the people also to do with them as you please. Where is the hint now, this is, from this excerpt, the question is, because we have to trace this back. So we have traced this back to Amalek, but we have to trace this back to the beginning, back to the garden, right? Back to the garden in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where is the hint to Esther and what happened in the five books of Moses? Being Esther lived and what happened, happened way after these five books were written. Where is the hint to Esther, Haman, and Mordecai in the Torah? If God has seen all of it, the beginning, the end, then the Torah would have hinted at this. Haman, the hint of Haman, according to the sages, comes from the story of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They find a word that is similar in spelling. Hey, mum, nun. If you say that real fast, hey, man, nun. It sounds like Haman. Hey, mem, nun. 
which appears in Genesis 3, is a hint to the is a hint to Haman in the Torah. The verse pointed to it is after Adam has eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So Genesis 3.11, God says, Hymen Hyates, have you eaten from the tree I've commanded you not to eat from? Hey Memnon. Hey Memnon. When you think about this, Haman is an evil individual plotting genocide. And well, Adam, you do not think of him as such a bad guy. He eats from the tree. That's not such a good thing, but it's not like he's plotting genocide. So why this comparison, which seems a bit shocking and puzzling even? What are the sages, which are the Jewish philosophers and wise men, trying to say about the book of Esther? Here is the way it went. Haman has everything a powerful position with the king, riches, wealth, and the one thing he cannot have is Mordecai. Killing Mordecai for refusing to bow to him. Mordecai is the forbidden fruit. The Jews are the forbidden fruit. The fruit Haman is not supposed to touch. The fruit Hamas is not supposed to touch. That night, the king, when this happens, all of this, cannot sleep. He can't sleep after what has transpired with Esther. So fast forward, Esther, after fasting three days and three nights, no food and water, goes before the king weak and tired without being summoned, which could have gotten her killed. So that night, the king cannot sleep. He cannot sleep after what has transpired with Esther appearing suddenly in his court the extending of the gold scepter and of anything Esther could have asked the king for, he offered up to half his kingdom. She invites the king and Haman to a banquet. This is the virtual living and walking out of Psalm 23, 4 through 5. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, O Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Who did she invite to the banquet? King Ahasuerus and Haman. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So a table is being prepared before Esther. Mordecai and the Jews in the presence of their enemies. And in the presence of Haman, their enemy. The Agagite from the line of Amalek at the banquet. Now, the mistake of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that cost humanity so much, in a way, was rectified when instead the serpent, Haman, was hung from the 50-foot gallows instead of Mordecai. 50 being the jubilee on the Jewish calendar, which is when Hamas and that spirit of Amalek, that spirit of Esau, that spirit of Absalom chose to attack on the 50-year mark of the Yom Kippur War because not only did it mark a great victory for Israel when the Yom Kippur War took place, but Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Definition of atonement, reparation for a wrong or injury, reparation for sin. So they attacked on the time clock where reparation, which is the making of amends for a wrong one is done, 
when reparation must be made at the Jubilee, where what is stolen must be given back, having to do with how high 50 feet the gallows was that hung Haman and his 10 stuns and stole the glory from the spirit of Amalek. So attacking on the 50-year mark of the Yom Kippur War is following suit. So these spirits now seek a reparation from the plot with Haman being taken from them and destroyed, from the ultimate destruction of Hitler, from the taunting and disdain it operated through Obama, and now this spirit seeks reparation through Iran, Hamas, and Hezbollah. It seeks to take back that glory in this hour. That's what it's doing. The stolen glory, it's seeking to take it back. And the Lord thy God from his throne shall and will, shall and will rule against them and, has, and, and is now luring them out. As Pharaoh was lured to the Red Sea, as the Midianites and Amalekites were lured in judges, as Haman was lured in, as Hamas and the root of other nations connected has been in a way lured in to a trap to destroy them and expose the spirit of Amalek attempting to rise not only in Israel, but rise in America, rise in Europe. And it seeks to sever that vein between America and Israel. Now, let's segue for a moment to Hitler, uh, Germany, and the American church, because this ties into the book of Esther as well. When the rise of Hitler occurred, there were 18,000 Protestant pastors in Germany. 3,000 were against that horrific evil. 3,000 out of 18,000. One-sixth. 3,000 of those pastors and churches sided with Hitler. 12,000 of those pastors slinked away and spoke not a word and looked the other way on the whole mess. That means 15,000 out of 18,000 pastors were not supporting the Jewish people and standing against Hitler. 15,000 out of, out of 18,000, because you have the 12,000 that slinked away and ignored it and wouldn't say a word. And you had the 3,000 that sided with Hitler. Total, that is, that is 15,000 out of 18,000. Silence in the face of evil is still evil. The church in America, people of God, this is your warning. Do not repeat what the churches in Germany repeated. Do not falter between two opinions. Do not take part in helping along anti-Semitism and the destruction of Israel. Do not in this hour. It is crucial. Those who do not take a firm stand for, for the people of God and, 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 and the things of God, and the covenant the Lord has given them, the Lord is going to take away your megaphone, your podiums, your congregations, your influence, and give it to another more worthy. Do not be a Nabal right now, which means a fool. Do not be a Nabal because Nabal treated David so poorly. And the Lord ultimately 
Dell with Nabal, he died. He took Nabal's wife, Abigail, and gave it to David, gave her to David because he found David more worthy than Nabal. This is where the largest plumb line is about to be dropped on the church in America. Wokeism as its roots spread out in anti-Semitism, anti-God, anti-covenant, rebellion against the things of God, rebellion against the people of God, and a spirit of accusation that wants to destroy anyone who will not come under the dark cloak of their ideologies. Wokeism can be found at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When the serpent says to Eve, Genesis chapter three, verses one through five. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Your eyes will be opened. You will be woke. Now, I find this interesting. In the Urban Dictionary, Woke backwards is E-cow, E-K-O-W. And this is what it's defined as in the, in the Urban Dictionary. A woke fool that has no moral compass and don't know which end is up and are Democrats or progressive leaning towards socialists and communists. In the Urban Dictionary, this is what it's defined as. And I thought that was interesting and I wanted to read that to you uh, because... Many times, the essence of a name is within it, right? So if you look at woke backwards, it's the essence of what wokeism is. And in the book of Esther 3, 7 through 11, right? Which equals, if you add up 3, 7 and two ones, you get 12, which is government and rule. So in the first month, which is the month Nisan, in the 12th year of King Ahasuerus, Poor, that is the lot, was cast before Haman from day to day and from month to month until the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, 12. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all other people and they do not observe the king's laws. So it is not in the king's interest to let them remain. If it pleases to the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry on the king's business to put into the king's treasuries. And that's when the king took his signet ring and made a covenant and came into agreement with Haman, the spirit of Amalek, and the line of Amalek to destroy the Jews. The silver is yours and the people also to do with them as you please. The six billion is yours, Iran, and the people also, to do with them as you please. Translation, because they do not believe everything you want them to believe in and bow to it, they must be destroyed. The king right there 
goes woke. And that same spirit of Amalek goes to work to exterminate the apple of God's eye, to exterminate God's covenant people. That king was dangerously close to losing his life. Had he not been married to Esther, he would have been toast. Honestly, Esther, him being married to her and her being of Jewish descent caused God to have mercy and favor on King Ahasuerus because at that point he was completely deceived. That spirit of Amalek, that ancient spirit is involved in in, in propagating wokeism in this nation and in Europe and other areas of the world. We must stand firm in a place where we stand right beside Israel and stand firm with them in that covenant, which gives us a nation right standing before God. We must pray for the Christians who have been caught in the middle of this horrific attack. We must pray for the IDF and their soldiers. We must pray for the nation of Israel. We must must bless Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for their protection. Pray for the protection of the Christians that they're moved to a safe place and that God provides, that God miraculously protects the IDF, that he protects his people. I'm going to tell you this. Hamas does not care about Palestinians or their lives. They are simply a means to their end. Any organization that would use human shields with no regard for life is not fighting in the name of God. They are doing the bidding of the enemy. I said it on the first Israel at War broadcast. I said it when I was on with Donna Clement. This spirit was sent into overdrive to plot out its attack of destruction when the Abraham Accords were signed. When those signatures hit the paper, that spirit went into rage and overdrive, that spirit of Amalek, to plan and cast lots again for the destruction of Israel. I ran in that moment when the Abraham Accords were signed, became more of the minority. Many Arab nations signed Abraham Accords with Israel. Iran was becoming a minority. And that spirit stirred up those in power and stirred up the proxies to plan and attack at an appointed time. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 8. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunk are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, I'm going to go over with you. some prophecy I pulled. Uh, a lot of it's over three years old. 
Um, we need to talk about it now because it's coming to pass now and it's happening. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's horrific what's happening, but but at least it's accurate. Let's just put it that way. Um, so on September 14th, 2020, similar events shall occur in Israel and the United States as we approach Rosh Hashanah. And those rebellious, those rebellions shall fall on their own sword. So the Lord's saying around the time of Rosh Hashanah, okay, that these things would happen. It happened about 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, um, right after um it happened actually. Let me think about this. Rosh Hashanah fell, I think, late September. Yeah. So it fell pretty close after Rosh Hashanah would happen. There shall be chaos within those parties and movements for demons are competitive. My children, they all want to be in charge and they all want to be worshipped and fighting. Public infighting shall take place. You shall watch this play out, says the Lord God this day. There will be a major shift. There will be a major shift that happens right around Rosh Hashanah. Hold on because we will be making a big turn, says the Lord God Elohim. Hold on to your father for this is necessary. There shall be events that occur with the elements that will confirm this and there shall be a major explosion. I, the Lord, am purging. I am going in and cleaning out the most offensive infection, says the Lord. There shall be a purging of specific cities where the sin slithers through the streets as snakes and it saturates the atmosphere. I, the Lord, say my spirit is we is sweeping in and doing a serious cleaning and disinfecting. You shall see this play out. And then we have December 18th, 2020. And says the spirit of the Lord this day, ancient ones are being released from the abyss. What is the Lord talking about? Ancient demons are being released. This is December 18th, 2020. Amalek is an ancient demon. By that serpent of old, the devil. They are being released in this hour to attempt to cause a blockade, to attempt to block the way, to block the path. I, the Lord thy God, have set for this nation. However, says the Lord, I am far above every principality, power, and might. And they attempt to block. I have dispatched the warring angels and Michael to not only hit them with a holy force, but a holy decree, like a scroll, from my throne, and they will move. December 19th, 2020. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, the intrepid, watch for a, 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 a ship such as this, meaning a warship, right? An aircraft carrier, to move into position. For the intrepid was on display in New York for a time. The world is watching and the events that happen in America shall trigger the same abroad as Israel digs up the skeletons that have been attached to their elections and the wicked lots and cahoots lose their main lobbyists as their involvement to hurt that land of Israel and slice it up shall surely bring their downfall before the wall and their people as the one the pal and their people as the one the Palestinians have secretly injected funds into their campaign it will be made plain and they shall lose that mule to do their bidding what did absalom ride a mule for my hand is against them and against any who so choose to circumvent the will of god and divide up the land that was given a name to be a compass to the rest of the world and a hub of biblical discoveries May 6, 2022, and says the Lord of hosts, 
Listen, O House, O Congress, O leaders of such. You will not be able to bury deep enough what you have attempted to put on lockdown in other nations at war. You will not attempt to manipulate and twist and coil and whitewash what you have done. What have you done? Covenants and deals with serpents and principalities, and now you think they can save you. They shall be the ones who give you up, says the Lord, as my capital judgments come down. For I am still on the throne, says the Lord. I rule and I reign. That's all capitalized. And I, the Lord thy God, in this hour shall take the scrolls written in the spirit. I shall take the spears that have been set aside. And I, the Lord, shall hurl them into your nation. I shall hurl them into Australia. I shall hurl them into Tel Aviv says the Lord of hosts, August 9th, 2022. And says the Lord of hosts, Saudi Arabia, watch for a sudden drop at the head for blood that was shed that shall now be recompensed as others in the royal family secretly make deals with Israel to gain security. This shall be revealed and come forth at the appointed time, says the Lord of hosts. The greatest discovery that has ever occurred in Israel that will further solidify my capital word and silence the critics is about to come forth. I am calling it forth out of the tomb. This discovery can literally happen coming out of the rubble and the tunnels of this war. Says the Lord, in which it has been kept hidden until the appointed time. Watch for this shall be worldwide news and a celebration in Israel. April 7th, 2023. And says the spirit of the Lord this day, there is an attempt in Israel and its brother America to break up and destroy good roots I, the Lord, have put down. Leadership I, the Lord, have put in place and moving into place. There is an attempt by the prophets of the ancient destroyers. There it is again. Now, when the Lord says something like this, it's imminent. I've noticed when he repeats itself. So ancient ones from the abyss are being released that was back in 2020. And now the Lord says by prophets of the ancient destroyers to speak forth alluring words that are toxic in nature, like a mist upon the people. And those weak in the soul have ingested it and poisoning their systems. Benjamin, son of my right hand, you are about to get reinforcements, says the Lord. Continue to stand. Do not be moved by the threats from the crowd, by Noahs who are shooting arrows haphazardly in the dark by demands that everyone should do what thou wilt. For as Korah rose up against Moses in a rebellion, thinking, this is all capitals, thinking he had a better way for the people, a better way than Almighty God. I laugh at the wicked and I laugh at these bodies of clay and dust who think they have a better way. And that rebellion shall and will be put down. For they are advancing agendas before their time. And I, the Lord, shall by force knock them out of joint and blow them back into the dark caves they so choose to dwell in. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, the valley of decision is here, says the Lord. Israel had a choice, says the Lord, to continue to be enslaved by Egypt or to trust and move with the Lord and allow me to lead. That's capitalized. You have a choice. For the word of the Lord says, if my people, this is all capitalized, my people, not the world, but my people who are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. A significant part of the church does not want to do such for instead of turning from, they are turning into and indulging every wicked way and idea. The church has become like Sodom. It has become like Lot. The church, Abraham and Lot in this hour must be separated and the lots allowed to go their way of sin to their own destruction. For you are the standard bearers and this you shall bear for your nation to be delivered. For darkness has attempted as fine mist to fall upon your nation, to seep into all areas, to influence all areas, all capitals, to occupy in preparation for a hostile takeover. However, if you hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord break forth in this season, the persecuting spirit has been sent forth with force to intimidate the people through the events unfolding in your nation. Those who grin at such what a sad and pathetic group says the Lord. They shall find themselves flat on their backs. Those grins will not last for long as they think they have hunted down prey. The hunter shall become the hunted. This will echo in this season once again. It has gone forth. However, the hunters have set themselves up to become prey for they shall be hunted down by their own agendas, by their own accusations, by their own weapons of destruction, that they shall lose control of these beasts and they shall become the hunted for what they have done. That was April, 2023. So way before October. And you know, when that prophecy was, when I received it from the Lord, April 7th, May, June, July, September, October, five months later to the day of this prophecy, the attack in Israel happened five months to the day. It was April 7th when I was given this word. It was October 7th when the attack happened. The persecuting spirit has gone forth. We see this with the sharp rise of anti-Semitism. We see this on college campuses. We see this in the New York trial right now with the Trumps. We see this with transgenderism, wokeism, and every other ism that comes from the kingdom of darkness. Now, to finish, I'm going to read to you uh, November 6, 2023 at Reawaken America at Trump Doral in Miami. I delivered a word from the Lord there. The spirit of the Lord hit me and I just took off uh, speaking the word of the Lord. And this is what it says. And the spirit of the Lord says this day, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, Israel, I, the Lord, your God, Yahweh, I am calling to you in this hour. I am calling to you through the tumult. Whose name is tumult? Haman. I am calling to you through the tumult. I am calling to you through the Haman. I am calling to you through the Hamas. Do not put your eyes on the tumult in this hour, O Israel, and idolize it. Lift up your eyes to whom your salvation comes from. Lift up your eyes to the hills. Who does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord your God. O Israel, O leaders of Israel, repent and turn to me in this hour. Parliament, says the Lord, stop your squabbling and your squandering of time, says the Lord. For I, the Lord thy God, led David. I, the Lord thy God, led Hezekiah. I, the Lord thy God, led Moses. And I, the Lord thy God, will lead you in this hour if you submit to me. 
For there is not only an attack, says the Lord, coming from the north, but there is an attack coming from the west, says the Lord. And if you submit to me, O Israel, in this hour, I, the Lord, will raise my right hand of justice and I will destroy and dismantle those attacks and they will not have their full effect. For thus says the Lord, O United States of America, Oh, have you attempted to cast lots and sell Israel to the highest bidder, says the Lord. Oh, leaders, how you have cast lots and tried to divide this nation and tear it up and sell it before my face. How dare you, says the Lord, how dare you cast lots and attempt to tear this up and sell it before my face. For I, the Lord thy God, have not abandoned my children in this nation. Though events happen, though it may be turbulent, though you may see many tumults or many Hamans, I, the Lord thy God, will never leave you or forsake you. And says the Lord, for the blood that is on the hands of those that exchanged, for those that tried to sell out, for those that puppeted a weak, brittle, confused host, for those of you who did this in this hour, that curtain, says the Lord, that iron curtain shall be torn and pulled back in every relation between you and everyone who shakes their fist at Almighty God in those nations that want to turn on God and worship those that are not Him. While they claim it is me committing such things, I in this hour will judge you. The blood cries out before my court, says the Lord, and the selling the United States of America for money and oil and commodities. This shall be your seat now in this hour. Your seat shall be taken from you for doing such, says the Lord. For I am raising up Joshua's in this hour to lead my people in the next leg of this race. I am raising up Joshua's and I am positioning them in areas of government, in areas of government in Israel that will be the voice of favor that the people turn to because they will be speaking from me. And they will mightily stand and oppose and they will go back to Ai and they will war, says the Lord. They will war for me, says the Lord. And says the Lord in this hour, rejoice, says the Lord. Do not focus on the horror. The horror is meant for the enemy to damage your faith in this hour and turn your face from me. I, the Lord, will deal with the butchers that committed the atrocities. I, the Lord, will deal with Amalek. I, the Lord, will deal with that spirit of Esau. I, the Lord, will deal with that spirit of Absalom. You lift up your face and you rejoice in me and you praise me for what I am about to do in your nation and what I'm about to do in Israel, because I am leading you right now through the treacherous valley, through that road of perdition that was meant for your destruction in this hour. But it shall actually be the very thing that elevates you in this hour, says the Lord. And yes, there shall be schisms. And yes, people's seats shall shake. And their pillars that they have built in their churches and worship shall shake. But I, the Lord, shall defend. And I have anointed and chosen to lead this nation. One who is being humbled, says the Lord. One who is being humbled and being dealt with. And I am bringing that into order. We will not go the same way, says the Lord, as before. We must carve out a new path to get to the same end point. So pray this as this path is carved. Go forth in faith and know that I, the Lord thy God, will have my way in your nation and Israel. And my name will be lifted above all by the end of this.
Thus says the Lord of hosts in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Remember, Absalom tried to do battle on a mule, a hybrid between a donkey and a horse. A donkey, Democrats, a horse, the Arabias, the Middle East, Turkey, the Emirates, Iran. So there's hybridization going on here within nations. And it's the elephants too. Don't think the elephants and donkeys have not merged into this mutated creature and are then going to the nations of the horses. I'm going to tell you also, watch Jordan and what they do and who they fund right now. Because I keep going back to that dream I had where the Lord took me to the border between Israel and Jordan. And I saw all that activity happen at that border with those dark figures trying to break through. So continue to pray and, and watch that border as well. And watch what Jordan does in the middle of this. Watch what Turkey does in the middle of this. Watch what Germany does in the middle of this. So just pray. Pray, be in your word. Be in your word every day with the Lord. The Lord right now is trying to get you on the meat because the milk will not sustain you for the heavy leg of this race. You need the meat, the sour milk, the par, the cold porridge, and the sour wine will give you no nourishment, no endurance for this leg of the race. You need the meat right now. You need to be consuming the meat of the word in order to bear this leg of the race, in order to do this well and in excellence for the Lord. Superficialness will not cut it in this hour. It will not. It will not be tolerated. Superficialness in the church, superficialness in the fivefold, superficialness will not cut it in this hour because the Lord is calling his people out deeper and we have to respond. Those that can't because they want to stay in a, in a, in a, in a shallow puddle are going to fall back in this hour because God is calling us out deeper and we are required to go deeper with him right now. And we have to remember this in the middle of this. And we have to hold on to our faith. And we have to keep our focus on the Lord, not on the horrors. It is horrific what is happening. Horrific. But our hope is in the Lord. That's where our hope lies. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards our mind and our heart. That's where we have to stay, where the enemy tries to rile us up. When he tries to tug at us, we have to go right back to that place right now. Right back. So please keep that in mind as we end here. I know this was a lot, but I wanted to get this out before uh, before we uh, we go um, um, and, uh, and uh, go to Tulsa. So I wanted to get this out for all of you. Uh, and so this is where... I think we are going to end for now. 
Um, it, we're at an hour and 27 minutes. Thank you, everyone, for hanging in there. Praise God. We hung in there together for this. Our team hung in there for this. Um, and so as we're ending here, I wanted to tell you that we've gotten a lot of emails um, about it. You guys are going to find this kind of funny, but we're over. We're done with the teaching now. And we're done with the prophetic insight. So I could talk about this briefly. We've gotten a lot of emails asking about my skincare and what I use. Uh, and so I actually use a line, an all-natural line called Givaderm. Um, and we have partnered with them. So you can use promo code ARC10. They're under ministry partners. This is what I use. These are believers who have this company. They love the Lord. And I have to tell you, it is one of the most amazing I have ever used. So I can tell you that in all honesty that this is one of the most amazing lines I've ever used. And we've gotten enough emails about it that I, I'm giving you this because we were laughing in the office at how many emails we were getting about what we use. So there you go. Just putting it up quick. And uh, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're crossing the finish line. So God bless everyone. Keep the faith. We love you. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter six, Psalm 91. Speak it every single day. Psalm 34 for the Jewish people. Psalm 34. We could say it too. It's an amazing psalm. Um, Lord's Prayer. The order to that prayer is what's so important. Uh, with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we enter with praise first and foremost. No, no asking. Praise. So the order that, that Jesus taught us that prayer in is what is so important. Also Ephesians 1 and 3, the scripture verses from the believer's authority. I speak those every day. The, the, the word of God is living and active and powerful than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And yes, this is my Bible and there's all my sticky notes in there. So the uh, flyover conservatives were very funny at reawaken America. They saw my Bible when they were interviewing me, David Stacey White. And they said, we're going to start a fund to get a man to <laughs> a new Bible, but I love my Bible. It's very used. So God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Uh, we'll give you updates about Norbert and uh, we will be back on uh, with uh, dealing with uh, some other issues that are going on in America. Prophetic insight, uh, a prophetic look uh, at, uh, at some other uh, spirits that are doing the bidding of higher entities uh, in America. And that will all be coming next week unless I have to jump on an emergency broadcast for something. We will announce that. So we love you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Hello everyone, Amanda Grace here. So, as many of you know, Dr. Mark Sherwood and Dr. Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute are mine and Chris's doctors. And so I went to Dr. Sherwood with a problem that I was seeing, not only with, with what I was going through, but with what other women were going through concerning their metabolism, concerning energy, concerning their hormones. And so we put our heads together and we are very happy now to finally be able to present to you Rafa for women. Rafa means healer in Hebrew. So it is an ode to the Lord because he is our healer. He put things in the earth that help heal us. And so Rafa is a product that was created for that. 
It also helps by helping with a healthy metabolism and natural hormones, as well as it helps balance fatigue. It helps with weight gain, night sweats, mood swings, blood sugar issues, and more. It is all natural. And I find more and more people are going into the natural arena in order to find solutions to issues that they're going through. So if you'd like to learn more, you can go to www.arcofgrace.org forward slash ministry dash partners to learn more about Rafa today. God bless. Hey everyone, Amanda Grace here. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver might be right for you, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who has been on Ark of Grace many times and loves to answer our viewer questions, is here with his team to answer all of your gold and silver needs. Whether you want to buy gold and silver, whether you have questions to see if it's right for you, whether you are looking to roll over retirement accounts. Go to bh-pm.com today and Andrew and his team will be more than happy to assist you with all of your needs. If you want to support an amazing patriot and be a blessing, go to mypillow.com today and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or more off of all MyPillow products. They have pillows, of course, but they are so much more than pillows. They have sheets. They have slippers. They have bathrobes. They even have dog beds. And a fun fact for all of you, Noble, one of our pigs at our animal sanctuary, has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you want to be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARC. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good.